Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Just talk film! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast. We are the best movie podcast on the internet, verified by the gold check on X. I am Ryan. I am joined by Brad. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up. We have a gold check on X? <laughs> no, I'm not paying Elon oh. Musk any money. I'm <laughs> oh. a freaking clown. Give me a heart attack there. Like, I, I, don't, I don't see that anymore because I'm not on X anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I only keep our uh, Twitter. I'm just going to call it Twitter because I don't want to call it X. I only keep our Twitter going because <laughs> it has our most followers on it. Well, it's funny because I still get the emails and they still have to put like X parentheses formerly twitters that you know that was twitter so it's like <laughs> they're still writing the coattails of twitter i know that guy is such a such a clown such a clown. every time like they they had that um i don't know meeting or summit where he said like the biggest advertisers would go fuck themselves I'm like okay <laughs> um <laughs> i mean you're already out tons of money because you way overpaid for it that's maybe my favorite part about this is he put in an offer for, you know, $68 billion. And then the Twitter board's like, yeah, we'll take that. Yep. And then he wanted to rescind it, but he couldn't because it was illegal. <laughs> yeah, so Rich funny. people, only the best and brightest get wealthy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so stupid. <laughs> I know. He, and he's just, he's one of those. He, he like seems like a movie villain, you know. He's just that billionaire, one of the richest guys in the world because he made an electric car. Well, and he bought another person's idea for an electric car, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, <laughs> it's kind of ironic that it's Tesla is the name he chose. Um, no, actually, like a bunch of other people created Tesla, and then he just came in and bought it, and then took the credit. No, that's good. Yeah, yeah I, I just know that he. What was he before? I can't remember. I don't really care that much, but um, because we see movies every week. <laughs> this week, uh, we saw Eileen. Stay tuned. We'll recommend the film or not play the trailer and spoil it. And this was my jerk move because The Boy and the Heron came out this week. And I purposely chose Eileen um, to fuck with Corinne, but she didn't say anything. So it's not as fun. Like, it's not as fun to be a butthead if the one person that this very narrow joke was supposed to happen doesn't care yeah i, I guess uh, she's reached her limit with you yeah i guess so and she's you're like, teasing 
She's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I'm not welcome here. I'm out. Yeah. You guys want to keep on saying how stupid my stuff is? Well, fuck you. Mom. Your stuff's stupid. <laughs> and I'm not right. saying my stuff isn't stupid. It's just, you know, <laughs> I don't know why she gives me ammunition. It's She's taken her ball and gone home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, but I actually did want to see this movie, so it's okay, too. Um, and I was going to see The Boy and the Heron, too. I was actually going to maybe pull a surprise and actually review it. But the day I was going to go, my kid wanted to see it. And so we were having lunch and he just said, Daddy, yeah, I don't want to see this movie. I'm just too tired. So <laughs> wow. I didn't see it. <laughs> and I, I'm hoping like these next couple of weeks, I'm going to see a lot of movies, I think. Well, I did see it, so I can't right talk about it in the right what we've been watching part. Perfect. Because we also do that. We talk about what we've been watching on the big movie news of the week. Um, it's what we do. Movie podcast. Brad, do you recommend the film, Eileen? Uh, yeah, I think it's all right. Um, wasn't as mysterious and like psychological thriller as I thought it was going to be. Um, but like it's still an interesting drama, I guess. Um, and the ending, I don't know felt like a little too late in the game um yeah it was, it was all right for me um yeah i i liked it um i think the Anne hathaway uh is very good at it and um uh mackenzie Tomlinson, is that right yeah my head stopped working for a Th- second thomason i think yeah um she's really good in it i mean she's been on my radar since uh jojo rabbit and yeah, I agree. Um, I, I thought the soundtrack was really cool. Um, and I liked the way it was shot. Yeah. I like the retro uh, field, everything. Yeah. It was, so that, that was cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I'm on the same boat with you. I, I think I liked it just slightly a little more than you did, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a cool movie to see. Here's a trailer for Eileen. Good afternoon, Eileen. How was your day, Dad? It was a day, just another day. My day was a doozy. It's one of those days you never forget. Listen up. This young lady is our new prison psychologist. She may be easy on the eyes, but I assure you, she is very smart. I'm Rebecca. I know. I don't think I caught your name. Oopsie. Nasty habit. That's why I like it. <coughs> I live a little differently than most people. They're probably scared of you. Prison is no place for a young lady. You got a big life ahead of you, I'm sure. I'm just kind of average, I think. You really think you're a normal person? Eileen, may I confide in you? People are so ashamed of their desires. I have my own ideas. The kind ideas? You can never tell anyone, do you understand? Promise me. 
Okay. Love will make you crazy. Love will make you kill. Can't imagine you with a knife. Can you imagine me with a gun? That's very good, Eileen. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> You're different these days. It's almost interesting. Secrets and lies. Some things are so twisted. The only way out is for someone to die. That was a great yeah. trick. Eileen stars <laughs> is about a woman named Eileen who works at a juvenile prison, um, checking the families in. Or I don't even know what her specific job is. I guess maybe a administrative assistant. Maybe I don't. Yeah, something like that. But she like also um, lets visitors in to for parents to see their. Uh, their boys. Um, her father is an alcoholic who used to be the chief of police. And um, so she struggles with that. And uh, one day, Anne Hathaway's doctor, name escapes me, <laughs> comes Rebecca, to the prison. Yay, there we go. God, see, that's why we're such a great team, Brad. You... <laughs> Rebecca, each other sent... up. <laughs> We're stupid. We bell each other out. Um, anyways, uh, she comes to the prison and strikes up a friendship with her. Um, and it uh, evolves into kind of this flirtatious, uh, almost, um, I don't know, it's kind of like a love story, it feels like. Um, One-sided love story, I think. Yeah, it seems that Rebecca kind of uses her looks and her charm to get what she wants and um, takes advantage of Eileen, who um, seems... She's like horny all the time. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's horny, but she seems like she's kind of lost because she doesn't know what she wants. um, And she just kind of gets by. Yeah, and she's kind of like stuck taking care of her alcoholic dad. It was super abusive to her. And, um, you know, it's those scenes were sometimes hard to watch oh, how yeah. mean he was, was to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. In like more of a psychological way. Like he never like hit her or threw her around. But no. He uh, but definitely the like, made her feel like, like terrible. Yeah. The damage is really bad. I mean, it, it's an interesting character study because, you know, she only chews candy and spits it out. Um, he tells her how ugly she is and that she smells bad. And, um, and then when she does look nice, he like calls her a whore basically. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 I guess hard to watch it. It's, it's uncomfortable because you feel bad for her. <laughs> She's just working and trying to get by and her dad is horrible. Um, and yeah, so, they strike a friendship. Um, uh, one day she, she has a crush on, um, a boy there who murdered his father in his sleep. And, um, Rebecca, who's a doctor there, kind of takes a liking to, um, this kid. 
and it's revealed that um, he was molested by his dad, but that only uh, she tells that to the doctor. And then on Christmas Eve, uh, Rebecca invites Eileen over to her house. And while she's there, we find out that it's not Rebecca's house. It's actually the mother of this son that Rebecca basically kidnaps and holds hostage in the basement and wants her to confess about what happened to her um, her son and that she covered for her husband and father, who is another police officer in um, the city. And as she's confessing and telling this horrible story about kid being sexually assaulted, Eileen shoots her and they make plans to go away. And Eileen, uh, Rebecca never shows up at Eileen's house. Eileen goes to, uh, takes her car and lets it fill up with carbon monoxide and I guess killing the mom. And she gets on a truck and leaves this town. And that's the whole story of Eileen. Yep. Yeah. At yeah. The, uh... At the uh, abusive mom's house, uh, yeah, Eileen uh, wants to impress Rebecca, so she like kind of, you know, makes the wrong decisions. Like, hey, you know, we'll just use this gun on her and like scare her, and then eventually, like, the the mom just pisses Eileen off enough that she shoots her anyway, and uh, thinks that like the more daring she gets, like the more Rebecca will be impressed, and then eventually Rebecca's yeah. like, yeah, you go back to your house, and I'll I'll meet you there. And then poor Eileen just like gets stood up and then she realizes, you know what? I could just go start a life of my own. It's not that hard. Yeah. And it's, it, it, I think you're right. Like the, the twist came like really late into the movie. Yeah. Um, I kept waiting for maybe Rebecca not to be all who she said she was. Um, but she never did. And that part kind of ends with a lot of ambiguity, like, I mean, I don't know what happens with Rebecca or whatever, or Rebecca just leaves. <laughs> well, the other thing is she pins the, I thought she pinned the, the, the murder on her, or, uh, her, uh, her father. Like she doesn't just yeah. uh, put the body in the car and fill it with monoxide. Cause you know, she was shot. So she like plants her dad's gun with it. Yeah. I, I know that was the plan, but I guess, I guess she just followed through with the plan without, uh, without Rebecca. Yeah. And there, there's little hints throughout the film because her dad asked her at one point, what does she do with all that money that she earns? And obviously she was stashing it in a cookie um, tin. Um, and I mean, I guess back then too, it's probably easier just to go away. <laughs> well, yeah, back then way harder to track people. So it's wait, yeah, probably way easier to create a new identity for her. I mean, I guess I glossed over too. There was also instances where she kept on having um, a fantasies about killing her dad too, and then she killed herself in one of them. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, like she, her dad tosses her his gun and she, she shoots herself in the head with it. <laughs> yeah, and then when he comes home and is berating her, she shoots him in the back of the head. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting character study because. He is emotionally damaged and, but 
you know, when you're treated that way, it's hard to, um, like, uh, fault her for how she feels because the first person that really paid attention to her is nice to her. She fell in love with. So, um, it's, it's an interesting character study. And I, uh, I went to an Alamo for all screening, which I didn't know. I hate when I do that. But usually, even when I do those, they're not too bad. But this one actually had like a mom uh, with a crying baby. And <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I, it, you know, the thing is, though, I, I get I it for trolls, anything. but Eileen. <laughs> but here's the thing, though, Brad, I didn't say anything because this baby was really young. And it's, oh, I mean, wow, that's why young they baby, ha- shocking. <laughs> well, but like, this is why they have these screenings. It's because in my head, the whole time I was thinking, because the baby wasn't that bad. It just every, I don't know, it was like once or twice. But this mom is probably like stuck at home. She has to breastfeed this baby, you know. And I was playing this story in my head that the dad is like some plumber who's a jerk. And all say, he wants to do is. Her husband's an abusive out. cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wants to go out and have see a movie and eat some popcorn and. The only time she can do it is if there's an Alamo for all screening. <laughs> so, um, her, I her, her Rebecca is her server. <laughs> yeah. So I was making this whole story up in my head, but I mean, I get it. And that's why, I mean, obviously I'm not going to say anything because even on those Alamo for all screenings, you can be like, Hey, tell this person to be quiet. But if a, if a mom wanted to see Eileen, I was going <laughs> to. Like I said, in my head, I said, and the dad's probably like, I don't want to see that stupid fucking movie. Um, <laughs> so she has to wait till he's at work. I don't. By the way, you better take this crying baby with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not watching the baby either. And he's sitting on a recliner with a beer. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to watch my sports ball. Yeah. So in a way, I do. Um, I, I respect that woman for um, going to see a movie. and But also that understanding that that was the screening meant for, uh, you know, in those instances where it might be a mom and she needs to get out of the house. So um, I was not offended. It was it was just the first time that's ever happened to me in one of those screenings. It's funny. I actually thought those screenings were for uh, uh, people who uh, like got sensory overload. So everything was like supposed to be quiet. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a mixture of both because <laughs> I always laugh too because this happened before. Uh, I think in, when I saw Infinity Pool, where it's the, the one uh, PSA is like, "Hey kids, <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck?" The, this but, is what you sound like. Yeah. <laughs> um, some chatter's okay, but be respectful. I'm like, all right. Well. Uh, yeah, but I love the soundtrack to this movie. I love the music in it. Um, I love the soft focus uh, that the film had. The retro um, I thought it looked great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought the costumes were great in it. It definitely um, felt like a musty 1960s. Like you could, yeah, like smell the. Yeah, that's a good way to of the times off the screen. Yeah. Because what it takes place in like what? Michigan or something? Uh, yeah, something like that. It, it definitely has a. 1960s maybe no it's northeast it's uh massachusetts i think oh yeah because they all have the boston accents that's right yeah 
Um, but it has that kind of grimy feel to it. Um, and I, you know, that's the kind of aesthetic I like where it's not in your face, but it definitely has a feel of a certain, um, time period, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a cool movie. Um, it's definitely one that I don't think you need to see in theaters. You can, you can, um, rent it on Amazon or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Hey, this is uh the big movie news of the week. It's real news. You think that there'd be like more big movie news because, you know, <laughs> they were on strike for so long that nothing's really going on. Um it's all about the holidays too, so they're like simultaneously trying to ramp back up, but also everyone's exiting LA for the holidays. Yep. So, um, really, I guess it's not even really that big of news that I read an interview with Jason Momoa and he doesn't think that they're going to do another Aquaman because <laughs> I was weird feeling that, uh, that has a uh, flop written all over it too. Um, I just, the, the release schedule just blows my mind on these films. So it's a Warner Brothers movie and this coming week, well, it's in the middle of the week, uh, Wonka came out, which is also a Warner Brothers movie. So you have two tentpole Warner Brothers movies releasing in a week with each other. And Aquaman comes out with like three other movies that are coming out. And then the next week is Christmas with the new color purple and a bunch of other movies too. I I don't understand why they didn't keep it in October. Aquaman or color purple? Uh, Aquaman. <laughs> I think uh, the, I've heard they've focus grouped it so much that they basically just destroyed it. So really, I think they think it, that they're going to get a holiday bump out of it because it just it, to me it seems that um, Warner Brothers wants to move on from these old DC movies so bad that they're just putting them out. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the next that, the, the Superman was coming out in twenty twenty five, so. I, like I think they want to get them over with, so there's like enough reset time for people to kind of forget about it. Yeah. So because well, they, even they even pushed uh, Joker from wasn't it supposed to come out like in March and now it's October or something. Oh, the new one. Yeah. I mean, the old one came out in October, so I think the other thing with Aquaman is too is like the original came out over the holidays, so mm. I just think they're like oh audience goes to see the same type of movies at the same time of the year so it made a billion dollars around christmas last time it that should work again right yeah i I mean because aquaman actually surprised me i thought it was pretty fun it reminded me a lot of shazam where it didn't get very much fanfare when it first came out but it ended up being like a really good movie um we'll we'll see (laughs) i don't know the 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 marketing hasn't really inspired me watching it um, I mean, I didn't enjoy the first one, so I don't, yeah, I don't care. I'll, <laughs> I'll see it, but yeah, my expectations are very low. Yeah, I just want to have fun. I mean, Aquaman himself is charismatic, which is, but like everything else around it just seemed just made up and dumb nonsense. <laughs> I, I know it's comics, but just like, I mean, the film was called Ocean Master. It just felt like kids on a playground creating characters. You know, that's always Here been comes my... Ocean Master. <laughs> like, 
You could That's just always be, been my complaint with DC. Yeah. You if you just don't... be a Prince Water guy, you know. Because I... <laughs> I, I've been getting um, the comic store or DC and Marvel have been doing a lot of uh, repli- reprints of how comics were when they were first released. Um, and man, some of the <laughs> some of the Golden Age DC is brutal. Um, I mean, you can see uh, when I read the first uh, Batman from Detective Twenty Seven. I go, okay, I can see how he's popular because there's like this little bit of mystery to it and he, you know, shoots bad guys. <laughs> um, and, uh, even, um, action comics one it was the Superman story was really fun in it. And I could see how those characters took off. Um, but I just read the first appearance of the Riddler and, um, yeah, no. <laughs> They're, they're just too silly. They are so silly. Um, and I think that's how Marvel became so popular in the 60s is because their writing was so much better and they didn't treat it as silly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They, have their own, they have their own cosmic nonsense stuff. So, oh no, it's, I mean, there's, uh, you're talking to a Spider-Man fan. So most of his stuff is pretty grounded. Um, but when I, because I've been getting, because Marvel's been doing it too. So they've been putting out X-Men and Fantastic Four and I read them and I'm like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. But then I got, uh, they put out the Dark Phoenix stuff and I can't even keep it straight. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And that's Because the story is so famous that I thought that it'd be easy to kind of jump in and read it. Nope. Super convoluted. I make that tracks. <laughs> Yeah, um, and yeah, it's so, I don't know. And, and maybe because I've never connected with those characters. I've always liked, you know, Spider-Man and Batman. So, and, you know, Batman is a little more rooted into reality. <laughs> and he just, his villains are cool. Um, but you can see that why they needed to revamp them in the 70s and 80s because, man... The 50s and 60s <laughs> rough yeah i think they just followed the uh 60s tv show template and yeah and when i watched the 60s batman because obviously i got the blu-ray there there is a, like a fun factor to it but it's hard to watch a lot of them consecutively if that oh, makes any yeah. sense when i got the blu-ray it's just like i was like oh this is awesome and then i think by season two i was just like you know, it just became background noise. Like I was watching them, but I wasn't really watching them. Yeah, it, it, it was a, it was a childhood thing for me. I used to watch them on at, on Nickelodeon all the time. Yeah, and but now it's you know <laughs> now it's hey, I can watch a couple episodes and then I'm good. I used to watch them on the Family Channel. Remember the Family Channel? Oh fuck, dude! I haven't heard that name <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah, back before it was like I think it was like Fox Family, and then it was ABC Family. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Um, oh, you know, I guess the big movie news is uh, Dick Van Dyke turned 98 yesterday. I had a mini heart attack. <laughs> he died. <laughs> I, I missed no. that news. No, 98. No, that's awesome. I, I would be sad. <laughs> and uh, I, like that would devastate me. I was so um, checked out from the news yesterday. That, like that would have been plausible. I missed that. No, nah, it's uh, 98, though. Good for him. 
Yep. Still surprise ever. Yep. Still bummed he good. he was like at like Salt Lake Comic Con, I think a couple years ago and couldn't go. I know. They I uh Galaxy Con had you can get his autograph um by sending it in. I'm always so scared to do that. Um Yeah, could you lose your comic in the mail? Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's something that if he ever comes near here, we definitely should make a trip and go. But I mean, he's ninety-eight. Is he really going to travel? <laughs> travel a couple years ago. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, and he does have a saying: "You got to keep moving." We watch things throughout the week in a segment I like to call "What We've Been Watching." So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, did you have a fun week watching stuff? I guess so. Uh, I watched a lot of stuff, but I'll just touch on the uh, stuff I saw that's new and in theaters. Like I teased at the beginning of the episode, I saw The Boy and the Heron. How was that? Confusing. Um, like all it, freaking <laughs> those movies. Uh, it makes me question like how much I really do love Miyazaki movies. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I loved Mononoke and Spirited Away, and then Howl's Moving Castle. I thought was okay, hard to follow, and then Ponyo. I was like, I've said before, I was like, this is like too simple. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, in the opposite direction, and then uh, yeah, I think I've off and on watched a couple of other things I've completely forgotten, and then we had that challenge Curry gave me, where I saw a couple of ones that was like Friday's Sun. And, uh, yeah, uh, this one was just, uh, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful to look at. Um, I saw the subtitled version because you know, I'm a purist. Um, sure. But I'm thinking I should have watched the dubbed one because I think they would have, like, explained it a little better for me. Because, uh, yeah, there's this boy and his mom dies and then his dad remarries his mom's sister and they move <laughs> to the countryside and he's a super wealthy guy who makes parts for the war. And uh, he, you know, lives in a part of the country where he's you know, isolated from other kids and he doesn't get a lot, uh, get along with others at school. And then, um, yeah, there's this pissed off Heron that constantly like teases him, like flies around the house, <laughs> smashes into his window and says like, Hey, you got to come with me. And then the boy gets fed up with him and decides he's going to try to kill him. And then uh, well, follows him. Into the reasonable. Forest. Yeah, escalates very quickly. Uh, but uh, yeah, the whole buildup, it takes like, I don't know, it felt like 40 minutes for the boy to actually go into the forest and go to the house that all the fun, like all the fun house stuff happens. So yeah, he's like fighting off this heron occasionally and he's uh, he's, he's not jiving with his new mom. Um, and then, yeah, his, his new pregnant mom wanders into the forest and people can't find her, so the boy uh, teams up with the heron to go find her. He's like, "I'm going to kill you, but you know, I'll, I'll, fo- <laughs> I'll follow your directions for now because apparently I'm being invited to something. I don't understand it." Yeah, and then he goes to this house in the forest. It's some weird, like meow wolf style house, <laughs> no return that uh, some old dude invented, um, and it's actually like a portal to different dimensions. Um, and then, yeah, he just wanders through like weird, bizarre thing to another bizarre thing. And there's like one land that's just full of uh, cannibalist or not uh, murderous uh, 
parakeets. Like they're just super excited to eat people. Um, it just makes you feel like uh, it was like Miyazaki hurt by a bird. Like he's super pissed <laughs> off. Yeah, and they're led by this uh, imperialist parakeet who wants to like take over all the dimensions to like save his own. I don't. Yeah, I I, I was so lost. I always had a feeling that parakeets were assholes. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and the, yeah, there's like some old dude at the end who's building blocks and controlling the universe. Uh, I guess kind of like Loki season two style. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he has to like, he's like, I invited you here because I want you to replace me. And yeah, kid's like, I don't know if I want to do that or not. And then he agrees to, and then he doesn't. And he does. And it's like, uh, yeah. Mm. And then the universe collapses. And yeah, I don't know. I got to watch the dub version to <laughs> maybe understand <laughs> what the, I read the comments. People are saying like, "Oh, it's meditation on Miyazaki's whole career and his life, and what it means to be old and at the end of everything." I'm like, "Yeah, I could totally see that." Okay, mm, yeah. <laughs> That's always, you know, you're in. You're like, you have to go read. Like, what is this movie about? You have yep. to read what people say. It's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm either just stupid way movie illiterate, or the movie just didn't convey that well enough. So. <laughs> But yeah, kind of interesting two weeks where we've seen like, yeah, Japanese language movies and this one was just so confusing. Yeah. It feels weird though, because I felt like, you know, in my 20s, like, you know, we were so into anime back then. Mm -hmm. I picked up on everything really well. Like even Evangelion, which was even more confusing than this. But yeah, this I one wonder, I felt so lost. I wonder if you have to, you know, retrain yourself. Maybe because um, I've watched so many English movies that I've just fallen into a rut of just like I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's also uh -huh. the, like late at the end of the day. So maybe I was just tired too. And just my body was just so slow to pick up on stuff. But I felt like I was uh, like desensitized for like the low, like the very slow buildup. Like there was so much time of that kid just living in his house in the countryside doing nothing. You know, I it's, I feel this way about actually all of Miyazaki's films. They're they're gorgeous. They're beautiful films, um, but they they they're all really kind of confusing to me and weird. But you know, I mean, people love them, and I, I would never. I mean, artistically, I think they're some of the best animated films ever. But yeah, no, they just don't connect with me. Yeah, like Mononoke. I was like, oh, like as I was watching, I was like, I get it. This is like a. a meditation on environmentalism and all that like that seemed obvious to me and then spirited away is like okay here's this bratty girl who like has to get a job and learns how to like be a self-sufficient person but yeah everything after that I've, I've not been able to like figure out like get a read on yeah feel you man uh yeah and then i also uh took a chance and watched the uh, hunger games ballad of Song songbirds and snakes oh yeah i haven't seen that yet i keep on meaning to yeah, I mean you can. It's all right. <laughs> it's a, well, I don't take what you guys say about the Hunger Games to heart at all. I will admit it, it got more like it made more sense and felt like more mature by the end of the movie. But leading up to it, there's a lot of just like goofy stuff. Um, like all the like singing in the districts, uh, like the the rebellious uh, parts of like song being rebellion and everything. Um, you know, it's, it's like they replaced the hand signal with the girl singing. Um, mm. Always seems kind of goofy. And like the songs are never 
too ca- like they seemed like ma- so made up on the spot um or to like they were going to sell an album alongside the movie so <laughs> like they just feel like that um but yeah it's 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 the story of the 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 villain from the old movies snow and how um you know he fell in love with a girl who uh, wronged him and that's what made him angry that classic mm. trope um uh in the, in the creation of the hunger games uh you know apparently they were um a joke uh among some of the uh the wealthy people that uh went too far and got too serious wow. yeah um and just as they're like losing their steam uh snow inadvertently reinvigorates them and makes them deadlier um and even though he tries to save everybody um for love uh, it it goes wrong for him and everybody so hmm. um yeah like at the very end when he's uh trying to escape the districts cuz he gets uh he gets in trouble and punished and sent to military service to control the districts and then uh uh the girl he uh like he's going to run sneak out and run away with her and like there's a shot where he's like hiding behind a truck that's like near the gate to escape and so it's like focus it's it's showing like he's hiding from something in the distance and then there's another truck coming to go out the gate so he's going to like hop on the truck as it goes out so just imagine the camera's looking at him leaning against another truck and there's this truck coming and then as the truck comes towards the camera it rolls to the right and he hides behind the he gets behind the truck and then jumps in it and then goes out the gate where there's two guards guarding the gate and I'm just like so the guards didn't see the dude standing in front of the truck <laughs> Uh, it's, it's like Metal Gear Solid, man. They, <laughs> yeah. they only have a certain cone where they can see. <laughs> uh, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and some of the deaths are pretty brutal. Nice for these kids, yeah. Like they poisoned or mutilated, and that's yeah, pretty gnarly. Well, nothing says a good time like killing children. Yeah, perfect holiday film. Um. <laughs> I also watched uh it's it was in the theaters, but it's not a new movie. It's a it's called Rare Exports, a Christmas Tale. Yeah, it's a it. retro holiday screening at the Esquire I saw, but it's yeah, it's a I think it's a Norwegian or Swedish film. Um there's a I think it's Sweden. I mean, I could probably just do some research for once in this podcast and find out for sure. <laughs> but I won't. Um so let's just say it's Swedish. Uh but it's about this uh kid and his dad and uh they live like in the middle of nowhere very small town uh and uh there's this uh, legend of this uh like the real origin of santa isn't the coca-cola santa it's this demon who uh oh i think i have heard of this movie yeah like in old times uh yes some gods or whatever captured him froze him in ice and then buried him as much as they could and so that this mountain that they live by is the prison of santa and these uh profiteers find out about it they go they try to like blow up the mountain to get santa out so they can like monetize them or whatever um and so this you know this family living next spot next door um you know they they go out and they find out suddenly all their reindeer that they've been their livestock has been slaughtered by wolves because uh, the boys like cut a hole in the fence to go like look at the mountain and find out what they're up to, um, 
and the boys don't admit that they did that. So all the adults think that the the people blowing at the mountain cut a hole in the fence and killed their got their animals slaughtered. So they you know take up arms and they start to they decide to like go to the mountain to uh, confront the uh, demolishers. And when they get there, everyone's slaughtered um, because they cut a hole and all the elves escaped. <laughs> and uh, in this tale, like, yeah, Santa's a demon and all the elves are like naked old dudes that look like Santa. Uh-huh. And so, uh, yeah, they capture one in this trap um, and th- they think it's like he's Santa. And then when they go to like, hey, we've, you know, we've got your Santa that you've been looking for. Um, we want, you know, we want compensation for all the, the reindeer you, you slaughtered. So they try to make a trade and they find out that, yeah, that's just an elf. <laughs> and this movie is notorious. I swear. I've like known about this movie. I've never seen it, but it's like known, right? Yeah. Like in like indie film circles, like it's just like the, the holiday movie that you haven't seen that you should know about that you need to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it came out in 2010. So it's, it's super old by now. But yeah, I think I first heard of it like at the Alamo, like in 2013 or something. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing like a trailer. As you're describing, I'm like, I swear I've heard of this film before. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I don't think it's a great title. Like it makes sense for the movie because eventually Santa becomes the export. Like that's where uh, <coughs> mall Santas come from. Is like once they kill Santa, all these elves are <laughs> like they have no job, so <laughs> they get trained to be like mall Santas, but. Yeah, but in the advertises like we've got the original Santa, you know. Uh, they come from the original Sweden or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like again, it's another one where like it takes a long time to like get to where the point's being made. Um, but the fun part is, uh, you know, a lot of it like it's from the point of view of this one kid, uh, and then like the kid ends up falling into like you know diehard action tropes, um. So, yeah, nice. he's basically trying to save the uh, the adults and everything, and um, he comes up with the plans for it all. And he like knows the backstory of the legend, and so everyone's just following him. Um, and he's like willing to die for everybody, yeah, <laughs> and be the hero. So yeah, love it. It's all right. Um. Yeah, I guess the last thing, uh, real quick, is uh, I watched Jack Frost, the Michael Keaton one. No, I got really excited. I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, like, they were making fun of it on how this get made, so I was like, oh, it's streaming for free, I can finally watch it. Uh, the weird thing is, like, for all the people on how this get made that are connected to Mr. Show, like, they didn't mention that a lot of this movie is uh, populated by people from Mr. Show. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's directed by Troy Miller, who directed a bunch of Mr. Show episodes. But then there's, like, cameos from, like, John Ennis, um, uh, Jay Johnson, and... Oh, shit, who else? One other person. Oh, Paul F. Tompkins is, like, some guy in the <laughs> crowd at the at a concert shouting stuff. Um, so I was like, yeah, weird thing not to mention, because those dudes are, like, your friends. Um, but maybe they don't want to be associated with them. Because, <laughs> yeah... Um, I guess people listening, yeah, it's a movie where Michael Keaton is a musician who is pretty uh like supportive of his kid and his wife and uh he just doesn't go to one uh hockey game. Like 
he normally goes to him, but he just misses this one because he wants to do a gig in like Vail or something. Uh, it takes place in Colorado, Colorado represent. Um, but uh, yeah, so he like uh, it's snowing. He gets into a car accident and dies. And then a year later, he uh, is reincarnated as a snowman. And then he <laughs> has right. to like, I don't know, right or wrong. That wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. Super goofy. Although like the animatronics of the, the snowman suit are pretty impressive. Uh, but then, it, yeah, it, the wide shots, they do like a CGI version of it where like he's snowboarding and things. And you're just like, wow. <laughs> of yep. course. 1998 CGI. Not surprised. It has to be like a late nineties, a snowboarding snowman. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And there's, there's like this one uh, place where the kid goes to think like in the woods and it's like clearly a soundstage. <laughs> like they really dress it up to like have this like crystal waterfall and uh, like a giant log for them to sit on. And yeah, it's just, uh, Definitely looks like set dressing instead of outside. Um, yeah. And, and then speaking of uh, people driving off the road, uh, I actually watched Misery for the first time. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, by today's standards, probably something I would just stream rather than the theater, but it's sort of like a one room kind of psychological thriller thing. Like, yeah, it's pretty impressive. And yeah, like I appreciate that. You know, the characters didn't make a ton of dumb mistakes and things. Um, er- everything seemed pretty well thought out. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Felt really bad when the, the uh, town sheriff like, got blown away. <laughs> yeah, for no reason, really. <laughs> yeah. He's like a nice guy. <laughs> Stephen King wrote it, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, that's what I watched. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I actually kind of watched a lot. I... Um, I got a lot of like 4k upgrades for some reason um, this last couple weeks. So I got the monster squad, which of course is one of my favorite movies. And in 4k, what I really like about 4k is they make it. The detail gets so nice and the colors are so nice, but they keep it looking like a film. So that looks like a really awesome version of a 1987 movie. Um, I watched point break, which it's a silly movie, but it's uh, it looked great on 4K. Um, I think they learned their lesson with Blu-ray when they did all that DNR scrubbing. They're like, I, I think they did. Initially, it looks great, but then when you like really compare it with the original, you're just like, oh yeah, we're way off the bark with this. Yeah, totally. And I, yeah, because I like seeing you know kind of the grain and the film look to it. Um, yeah, Point Break is cool. I mean, the action scenes look awesome. Uh, and uh, one that kind of surprised me, I watched Titanic for the first time in 26 years. And it was a lot better than I remembered it. So, um, but the 4K is freaking stunning. Um, it's just one of those ones where you watch it and you go, oh, yeah, this is why this format exists. Because it elevates the whole proceedings. Um did they upgrade and, like the? Because it's been twenty years, like in like obviously Cameron's had time to like tinker with it. Do you think he's like upgraded the ship model? Uh, yeah, you know it looks a lot better. I remember when I, I remember when I watched it twenty seven years ago. I was like, yeah, but I, I would see clips of it, and yeah, it seems like they fixed it a little bit. The, the problem that it still has, and I, I don't know if you do this. 
But, you know, they do a huge, like, I quote unquote, crane shot of Titanic and the CGI, like, people on it are all kind of doing the same thing, but they don't move 100% naturally. So it really distracts me. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It's like my thing. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it looks great. The story is, you know, whatever, but um, it's a lot better than I remember it. And maybe it's because I've been removed from it for 26 years. And the the 4K disc has, geez, I don't know, like four or five hours of bonus features on it. Nice. Um, so it's definitely a really nice set. And it will be on, probably on my list. And it makes me, I might get, because uh, my uh, Christmas bonus this year, they gave me $100 straight cash. So I'm four. not a fan of the <laughs> of the Avatar movies, but they have these like super deluxe 4Ks coming out. I'm like, man, I might get those because it's like what the format's made for with, you know, five hours of bonus features and stuff. Um, I don't know yet. I was going to say, is the money burning a hole in your pocket? Because I'm pretty sure there's like $100 worth of better stuff coming out later this next year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there is. Um, so I watched those. Um, I, I still have to watch. I got my 4K weird that I haven't had a chance to watch yet. Um, I did, yeah. And, uh, the, so I watched a movie called Blue Steel, which is a Jamie Lee Curtis movie from, it's a Vestron. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I always get, if they're like interesting to me, I like the Vestrons because they're $11 and they usually have like good bonus features on them. Um, and in it, she plays the rookie New York City police officer and her, one of her first days on the job, she gets involved in a shooting um, with a, <laughs> a Tom Sizemore, um, who is in a, like a really small part. But as I was watching, because I was watching Point Break, which is also so this movie is Catherine Bigelow, and Point Break is Catherine Bigelow. Hmm. I think um, Tom Sizemore is just like one of her actors she goes to because he's in both those movies, and I'm pretty sure he's in Zero Dark Thirty. Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> so she gets in the shooting. And after she uh, kills the armed robber who threatens to shoot this checkout guy in the head, the gun is missing because it was stolen by uh, Ron Silver, who um, is obsessed with it. And, of course, they can't find the gun. So her ass is on desk duty and um, because she just shot somebody. And with a gun they, they can't find. find. Yeah. Yeah. But like the whole time I'm watching, I go, why did they just interview the guy who had the gun pointed to his head? <laughs> like, <laughs> anyways. Um, so Ron Silver steals the gun and he starts killing people with it because he's like some crazy guy. And he also starts um, dating Jamie Lee Curtis's character because he kind of uh, exploits her because he sees her there. And he's uh, a Wall Street guy, so of course he can't be a killer. Um, and yeah, it's a really interesting movie about you know what he can get away with because he's wealthy, and um, there's a lot of logic gaps in it. But it's one of those like early '90 thriller movies. You go, okay, I <laughs> it's it's good. It is what it is. Um, but Jamie Lee Curtis is great in it. Um, I, I like her pretty much in everything. 
Um, and the Vectron Blu-ray has about an hour of bonus features on it. So, you know, it's good. Nice. And they like, they interview like associate producers and stuff like that, which I always find fascinating because they have a, such a different perspective than um, a lot of times when you interview stars, you know, they're kind of guarded in what they say. Um, so I appreciate stuff like that. Um, and the last thing I watched is I watched the Amazon original Merry Little Batman, which is uh, a cartoon that uh, because Warner Brothers now farms out their animation to different studios because they don't like people, I guess. Um, and it's that, this really that thing weird used to be animation. really good at. Yeah, was, uh... <laughs> yeah, I know. It's this really weird animation style. Um, and it's obviously just it takes place in a lot of a different version of Batman where Batman is so successful that there is no more crime in Gotham and he's raising uh, Damian Wayne who's this like little seven-year-old or eight-year-old little whippersnapper kid who wants to be Batman and be a superhero and uh, you know Bruce won't let him because he's overprotective and eventually uh, there's a villain resurfaces and it makes Batman leave. And while he's gone, he gets trapped in this frozen wilderness. And um, it turns out that the Justice League didn't ask Batman to go um, deal with this uh, villain. It was the Joker. And the Joker, while Batman is gone, decides to, you know, bring chaos and Gotham again. And the only one left is uh little Batman, <laughs> Damian Wayne. Um, and it's actually a really cute movie. Um, it's way better than I thought it was going to be. It's actually pretty funny. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a cute movie. And it's um, cause I always thought Damian Wayne in the comics too, was kind of a little bitch. So it's kind of nice that he's just this little precocious kid in this <laughs> this movie um yeah so it's it's on amazon prime it's a the animation style is a little takes a little bit to get used to but it's fun um and yeah you should check it out called merry little batman did you get uh the mask of the phantasm 4k uh i haven't yet i've been working so much i haven't even been down to freaking lakewood yeah it's probably the only time i went down there is to go to elich's (laughs) probably not on sale anymore but uh, yeah i picked it up and like i don't know like i guess i'm not surprised but i was just like, kind of a little disappointed that the only like new thing is just like a short little uh like in memoriam for uh kevin conroy on it <laughs> mm-hmm. like like you've released this how many times and like this is still all you can muster <laughs> for special well, you know warner brothers they're they're a joke right now yeah and then also i i got the the shout factory clue and yeah, that's a movie that's been, uh, I think, never had any special features, and they put a couple on there, but still, it's like three, I don't know, five or six minute interviews and then a trailer, and you're just like, really? You couldn't like, get any of these people to do a commentary or anything? Yeah, that's what's disappointing about the Point Break one, too, is like they have a commentary on it, but the featurettes are like old ones. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that shout is actually putting stuff on 4K is nice. They might not be able to license anything. I, it happened with 
the Columbo set from Kino Lorber, they had all these special features. And then I don't know who owns Columbo, but then they nixed them. And so they couldn't put out the special features with it. Yeah, it's just such a bummer because, like, you know, you're paying like $35 for something because you're like, oh, yeah, like these guys really go all out for it. And then, uh, yeah, I guess mine came with a poster, but it's just like, I don't know, like they're known for tricking out their, their disc and everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. The Shout Select are a little more different, though. Like, you have to, they have Shout Select and they have Shout Select Collector's Editions. Yeah. Which, you know, and, and uh, Shout is starting to go, even with Scream Factory, you used to be able to get um, the slip cover would be their commissioned art, and then you could reverse the cover and it'd be the original poster art. But now they don't do that through, if you order it through Amazon, you have to order it through their website to get their uh, exclusive stuff now, which yeah. is fine. I mean, it's their stuff, but just something to think about if you're ever doing it. Yeah. And they only like, they did like the slip covers, like the first run. So if they do a second run, you're stuck with like the non slip cover version. Cause there's something I was trying yeah. to get. I was like, oh, yeah, it doesn't have a slip cover. Never mind. I'll, I'll just yep. get it off of Amazon, I guess. Yep. So. Cool. Um, well, next week we're seeing Wonka and Poor Things because I couldn't decide on either one and I want to see them both. So it's my podcast and I'll do what I want. Shit, I gotta go see more movies? <laughs> yeah. There's no way I can do uh, that, Ryan. <laughs> and uh, make sure you send us your list of your favorite films from 2023. We do record Film Explosion 2023 in two and a half weeks. So, um, yeah. Until then... We'll see you at the movies. Well, a real nerd knows who shot him. A real nerd can follow the plot. And a real nerd will give it all the gods. Lights, camera, action. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.